welcome to the Goodies Podcast, that walk in the Black Forest. And uh, after the first take of the intro, I've had to dress these guys down and give them a good wigging. So after numerous cold showers, I'm pleased to introduce the team. So uh, welcome, Todd. Have you ever been a Boy Scout? I have, Master. And I've got to say, after that cold shower, my woggle has never felt better. If you haven't worked it out, we're focusing on the Scout Rages episode tonight. Fiona, have you ever been a Boy Scout? No, no, I have not been a boy either. That might make it <laughs> tricky to be a Boy Scout, but if, did you ever make an exception to the rule? No, I, um, I've embraced being a girl for my whole life. Okay, so you get away with this with a technicality. Jim, have you been a Boy Scout? I don't even know what Scouts are. All boys that matter. Don't know. Never. Oh, you don't know what boys are. Are they like small versions of men? Uh, Barjas, have you ever been a Boy Scout? Not that I can recall. Was there moments that it could have happened where you didn't recall? Many. <laughs> if you had those moments of recall, please help us out for tonight. And Leanne, welcome. Have you ever been a Boy Scout? Never a Boy Scout, but was a girl brownie. Girl brownie. So is that uh, brown owl, brown hoot? How does that work? Well, brown skirt, not brown trousers. Thank you very much for correcting me. <laughs> Tonight we are focusing on, and I can certainly see changing everyone after those cold showers, we're focusing on the episode Scout Rages. Scout Rages was one of my choices, and it's one of these choices where I get slightly conflicted because there's some parts of this episode I really love and there's some parts of it I don't at all. What's the story about? Well, it starts off with Tim sneaking in. This is a regular thing on a Thursday night. Sneaks in, certain sounds. They're all ready for the sounds. He sneaks out. And after, what, 16 years worth, they decide to follow him and find out where is he going to. And what they do find is he's going to a Boy Scout meeting. And we probably get introduced for the first of little sight gag cliches with the uh, little petrol pump there. And uh, did you notice the petrol pump and what it's, what the initials were? Oh, BP for Baden-Powell, of course. BP for Baden-Powell, the British Petroleum. So it was the first little sight gag that you saw that was a direct reference to the Scouts. Oh, of course. And so Baden-Powell being, you know, the person who created the Boy Scout movement kind of thing, and the first thing they just realised when they're talking about kind of like, you know, what's the right way to go? And it's like, look at these old men, look at the clothes, look at the knees kind of thing. And you got um, Graham and Bill really like laying into them. They're not really interested, Bill and Tim, until they get shown some of the badges. And at this stage, they're looking at some of the badges that for skills and proficiency include some very interesting, like, um, visual humour about the flower pressing badge, uh, the wig spotters badge, I think helping old ladies across the uh, road type of badge. And then including probably uh, one of the more interesting ones was, uh, what was it? Uh, the initiative bloomers. badge. Yeah, the initiative badge. Thank you for that. Nicking uh, uh, Margaret Thatcher's bloomers and at that point in time she was only the opposition leader but that was quite a really unusual like scene that they set up there and I liked how every single crime had that little badge that said uh, you know like job done 
And of course, the Boy Scouting organization became, you know, the most naive kind of organization that people used to do for fun and had its own principles, became an illegal organization. And I think that news flash is brilliant. We lead to probably one of the more clever scenes there, and that's with the Scout Finder General. We also, at the same time, we see Tim, who is almost ashamed out of uh, the scouting organisation, who it j- joins uh, what organisation? Salvation Army? Yes. I just didn't want to play school kid. Yeah, the Salvos. <laughs> yeah. The Sal- Mind you, had a choice between the Salvation Army, the Salvation Air Force and the Salvation <laughs> Navy. I like those <laughs> options. So I always did. I thought that was pretty um that was pretty clever. You know, it's not uh, they're sent out after the mass scouts. These are these guys who were uh you know, we're talking about uh, Graham and Bill committing the crimes. i got to admit, as a sight gag, I always loved the hat that Bill was wearing when he was oh, committing those yeah. crimes. How brilliant was that? That hat was great. He kind of looked like the Hamburglar from McDonald's too, didn't he? <laughs> yes. I've never thought of that reference before, but you're absolutely <laughs> right. It did have that kind of link to it. Should we talk about Graham's shorts now? We can. Why were they we that can. short? Let's, let's get it done and out of the way. <laughs> yes, why Indeed. were they that short? They were mega short, weren't they? Look, you know, he didn't have to agree to the wardrobe that he did, mm. but he, he chose to, so that, that why not? wore a capper short. They, they were. <laughs> not not as fast, you. though, because they weren't red, but How they were still pretty feel? short. But how did it make me feel? Mm. I don't need therapy on this. It's uh, I'm easy, <laughs> easy with this. Now, for, for, for our listeners at home, two of our um, podcast members here have sort of got that glazed look in their eye as though they're reminiscing about um, days gone by and fond memories. Their first oh, well, they actually reminded me of the shorts you used to wear at school, but anyway. As um, I said, <laughs> reminiscing and fond memories. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, um, that's a direction we didn't want to go in. <laughs> cold shower, cold shower. Cold shower, cold shower. Thank you very much. <laughs> but it's did you notice that Graham actually had two pairs of shorts? What? The first were the spike gag ones where he first became a scout. And yeah. they were so, so tight. You could see. You could hear the crack. How tight were they, Fiona? <laughs> you could see his wobble. Was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shower! <laughs> <laughs> but then when he became the lone scout and he actually had to walk around and do things, yeah. he had um, shorts that were a bit roomier. So we could actually just, just for the pure practicality of walking about. Mm. Graham being one of the writers of the show, he was choosing to almost completely contrast himself against what Bill was wearing. So I think that was like part of the gag, just how one was sublime and ridiculous. But it was interesting viewing, but it is interesting to get a female point of view of this one because it's not something I needed a cold shower over, but thank you for that. But while, um, while we're on Graham's wardrobe, what was the <laughs> one the one thing that um, nobody has ever really picked up at the start of the episode? His standard wardrobe, he always wore the um, velour suit 
or the uh, corner of the street. Beige. You mean the patches on the on the knees? On the knees. The patches on the knees. Now he he always used to wear the uh, the jacket with the patches on the elbows. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this episode, one thing that really stood out was the additional patches that were on his knees. Hmm. This was a series where Graham did change his image a bit too. Like this is the first series where he wore those different types of glasses. Mm. Yep. Yeah. It, well, it was you know it was seventy seven. Yeah. It wasn't 75. Probably needed a new uh, glasses prescription, so he got new lenses, uh, frames as well. When you have the Salvation Army who were there to go after the um, the Mars Scouts, I think there's the scene at the end there that uh, I just absolutely love where you've got like the how the battle is raging kind of thing, how the Salvation Army cliches where this, like, they're going for money, how they're using the tambourines movement to actually signal in the planes and all that kind of thing but when they finally surround them they're carrying the bomb and do you remember the premise of the bomb because it was for that world domination badge mm-hmm. we go. where the were boy. they going to put the bomb do you remember that oh, Oliver Reed. Under, Oliver under Reed. which actor Oliver Reed yeah Oliver Reed that's right and if they handed over world power they promised to actually explode the bomb <laughs> correct <laughs> You can maybe pick up with the tone of my voice. Like, it's really the second half of this episode that, to me, really gets going. And if I touch on one thing is what irritated me in that first, say, seven or eight minutes was the amount of canned laughter there was, which is not something that the goodies were really renowned for, but they certainly had in this episode. Is that something that you guys have picked up? No. Well, the audience laughter is actually artificial? I I didn't notice, to be honest. I didn't notice. I remember there the first, go. the opening gag was a kind of a, um, you know, I'm late, I'm late, but very important mm. date kind mm. of Alice in Wonderland thing. Mm. And yeah. It didn't really land very strong. Didn't get a big laugh. So I yeah. assumed it was a real, a real audience because it didn't get a huge laugh until Tim comes out with a garbage bag on his head. Yeah, and then they're and prancing around like mice in the streets and a big suit. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know about that. Whether or not it's audience or can, could be six of one, half a dozen of the other. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just not it. something that really stood out to me. I didn't really, yeah. didn't really pick up whether it was canned laughter or not. No, it didn't really. That's, that's interesting because that was the part that I always found a little very off-putting in the first bit because I really enjoyed the absurdity of the second half. I do think it's got one of the best constructed gags in that later series they've ever done, and that's with the Scout Finder General, where they actually uh, they bring all the Tim and all the Scouts there uh, to see if uh, you know they can be found guilty for boy like boy, boy Scout like activities. But and like the Witch Finder General, and like the Spanish Inquisition, yeah. the Scout Finder General tried to get them to incriminate themselves. He just yeah, well, tried to trip them up, and you've read my he, notes, Fiona. Keep going. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is who, brilliant. Who, you're absolutely right. Who, who played that role? Because he was great. Who scared was, me as a kid? He was uh, great. That was Frank Windsor, I think. That's it. And uh, you know, he's 95 and still going. Is really? Wow. There you go. Yeah. McCarthyism. Absolutely, McCarthyism. Correct. Yeah. And if you look at what the Scout Finder General is wearing. Mm. 
you can mm-hmm. relate that back to what men in the 1950s were wearing and the way he behaved and things. And I was also thinking in that respect of um, Germany in the early 1930s. He looks like the guy from uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, the guy that's <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 100%. Yeah. yeah. I also thought that if they were to remake it and um, they needed that character played today, you'd use Adrian Edmondson. Um, yeah, I could visualise that, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, McCarthyism, definitely. Yeah, what have you got to confess? Who are you going to, if you want to get off the hook, who are you going to name? And then it's this whole premise of, like, you know, who's righteous and who's not, who's living the right way, who's living the wrong way, a lot of, like, you know, what's pretending to be virtuous, creating scapegoats, all this kind of thing, show trial, try to self-incriminate, and the language on that parody scene, you know, is very clear like that. Also, this is being filmed at a time when there is great social change, um, the same can be said for the 1950s with mm-hmm. McCarthyism. The Scout Finder General and the cronies are trying to hang on to a society which is changing and Agreed. they're trying to stop that. They are trying to stop that change. And as you say, with the punk episode coming next, they're saying, look, this is where society has been and there are people who want to keep it there. The punk episode is this is where society is going. This is what the young people are doing, what they're thinking. Did anyone else pick up the um, dig that they were having at the establishment after the uh, Scoutmaster General scene? He got five years, but it got wiped because he went to a public school. Which has its own meaning in Britain. It's different than here. Correct. Yeah, it's their their private school system and the the, um, uh, upper echelon of um, society and all that sort of thing. So it was really a bit of a a dig that, well, you know, I can go off and get convicted, but, you know, as long Mm -hmm. as I know the right people or went to the right schools, I'll be right, I'll be able to just move on. I think also this series, like Series 7, they were still at the height yes, because the the punky business, which is the next episode, they still had lots of people there in that episode Mm -hmm. as well. So I think they were still... At the oh yeah, they, oh, they, were, they were still well and truly at, at the top end of their game. Yeah, they were. And they were on BB, the crest of a wave. And and, and, oh. and I think the BBC recognised that as um, a, a nice big cash cow for them. Yes, yeah. you're correct. So it was almost like the the series seven was their last hurrah, and you wonder what else was going on as well with in a TV production at the time. Yeah, like maybe there was a writer's strike or something. I mean, it seems to affect British television. Or they they may have turned around and just said, look, we've done three years running full on. It's time for a break. Because, yeah, they did all have young families and stuff going on. Uh, They were having constant strife with, like, BBC management all the time and finding it very hard for them to do what they wanted to be doing. They felt like they were on a, a very, very tight leash. I'm just speculating it may have come to a head in 1978. That might have been a compromise in 79. And if you remember after that, then they went to uh, a private uh, television yeah. station, the ITV. BBC. If you know what was happening with the goodies in 1978, <laughs> you could email us at goodiespod at gmail.com and you could win a night out with Paul. 
Or a night out with a cold shower, if you prefer. <laughs> you need one. And, uh, and Bajas, what's the second prize? <laughs> the second prize is two nights out with Paul with his woggle. <laughs> and what about my staff and whittling stick, eh? What you do with on your own time, Paul, is none of our business. <laughs> that's that's the dropped soap in the cold shower. That is <laughs> <laughs> too far, we, too far. I, I, I too much far. too far. I just <laughs> I, I, <laughs> so so all of just your, your WhatsApp just before. I totally disagree with all of that. Dissension in the ranks. Look, this is this is Paul's episode. We're in grave danger of having confiscated already. So it's all the topics that they do are always a parody of what's going on then and there. And so we agree with you there. Yes, but the the week before this episode came out. And a TV series called The Secret Army was released. And so I think that's where they've just taken Army and gone, okay, what can we do? And just totally parried that and parodied that and just used the Salvation Army as... And you've got to remember, these were all baby boomers as well. So they've used all of this stuff that perhaps their parents have spoken about or... Mm-hmm. and And even, like, the next episode, which was punky business you know it's 1977 like Sid Vicious and mm-hmm. they've all just been on television so I, I think they've elaborated on the episode with all the stuff but I don't think they've thought that much about it and that deep as what you've just spoken about when they created episodes like they were coming up with ideas they just said right what's culturally topical at the moment what's happening right now yeah. and then they just went with whatever. So it could have been, you know, and they explored all of those things, but I think it's just their knowledge and how, you know, there are, you know, cultural tapestry of the time that what they were reflecting. I don't think they sort of thought too much about it. Can anybody tell me what the <laughs> African connection <laughs> to Scout Rages is? It's got something to do with the newsreader. No. Tell us, too. If you know the answer to that, you could email us at goodiespod at gmail.com and you could win a night out with Paul. (laughs) I tell you what, second prize has got to be two nights out with Jim at this rate. (laughs) At least something would happen. Please, Paul, I'm begging you, talk about the actual episode, Scout Rages. The scouts and the funny hats and the woggles, just, just do that. If you've enjoyed Jim's rants, please <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Please, Paul. please, I beg you, get the outro. Right. <laughs> okay. Well... We've had a lot That's of fun, funny. and we've hoped have that we? we've had a lot have of fun. We? And then, uh, have we really? I think we all need to disappear and 
have a few cold showers ourselves. You can tell that this has just completely taken it out of us. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Scout Rages as much as we have. And Jim, you've had a lot of fun. I've had a great deal of fun. Nicholas Parsons, you've had some fun? Yes, lots of fun. Thank you. And for the people at home, she's got a Nicholas Parsons mask. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, <laughs> brown trousers, hoot hoot. Hoot hoot. Uh, and uh, Tapoda, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Scout Rageous as much as some of us have. This has been an episode like no other. But just hopefully you've had such a good time that you don't need a cold shower. Mate, I've had an awesome time tonight and it's good to see that as a group we've been so cohesive and that we've worked together on this one episode. It's been a ball. I, I, I like the way how we can work together to structure a cohesive narrative. What about you? Yeah, oh, look, it's it's one of the reasons why I keep coming back. Thank you for listening into a walk in the Black Forest of Goodies uh, podcast. And I'd like you to uh, take note that our next episode will be our last episode of the series. It's something that we've all been looking for. I think everybody here could say at least it's right up there with their favourite episode. We are talking about the end, the one they're encased in a concrete building for about seven years. So we can't wait to kind of like get our teeth into that episode and love to see you there. Okay, so good night from uh, the Goodies podcast team and look forward to seeing you for our next exciting episode. Well, you know my tool shed story. Let's face it, Paul, I was desperate and dateless for an awfully long time. This is nerd versus nerd. (laughs) (laughs) I wear that like a badge of honour Well, yeah, so do I, actually Yeah I've got a question for you Yeah Are you going to talk more about Scout Rages? (laughs) (laughs) We are, in our own kind of roundabout tangential way No, we're not For the people at home, we're experiencing what's called uh, creative differences and it's all about how to conclude this episode. This woggle is, like, perfect. Would you expect anything less? No. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, come on. Look, we've all had drunken shags. No, 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 I'm not talking about drunken shags. I'm talking about the need for mechanical aid. Mechanical aids. Like He's a belt sander? As in hardware. <laughs> belt sander! Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs>